Always a fan favorite around here. you got to check out his work at The Athletic and read all his other stuff he does on the side. You'll learn about books, movies, board games. It is the Renaissance Man. It is Keith Law. Good afternoon, Keith. Thanks for doing the show today. Thanks for having me. Are you currently in a private jet that has just departed from John Wayne Airport heading to Toronto? No, no, I am not, uh, mostly because I don't have access to a private jet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I Wait a minute. Are you serious? Sports media. Didn't we get in the business for money? I, I figured no, everyone. Yeah, right? in, 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably By the, way, the wrong you, you, work for that. Well, I've always told everyone who gets into sports radio, there is two ways of being rich uh, in this business. Be born rich or marry rich. It's that easy. What was um what was your overall thoughts just of Friday afternoon evening uh, just all the whirlwind of emotion that was going on especially for people in Southern California or Southern Ontario? Um, yeah, it was stupid. It felt really stupid, like tracking planes. Like we have an existing there. There, there are ways you break that sort of news, right? You find, honestly, multiple sources. If I don't, I'm not a newsbreaker. I, occasionally I have, but that's not my, certainly not part of my job description. But when that happens, if I say I have heard from such and such a source, I say this internally, that, you know, this player is signing this contract. They will immediately, my editors would ask, well, first of all, who's your source? And depending on who that is, they would probably say, but do you have a second source? Have you reached out to the team, the agent, the player to confirm this? There's a whole process. My sense is that that did not happen much on Friday. Uh, certainly not with the people who were, who were claiming that he had signed with Toronto, agreed to terms with Toronto, was on a plane to Toronto. I think then several other people did their jobs and did reach out to those folks who said, no, that's not true. And it's easier to debunk than it is to prove, certainly. But... In my opinion, I would rather just not say anything than say something that turns out to be easily debunked not long afterwards. And it certainly was. And then Otani signed for $700 million with the Dodgers. Um, is, is Shoei Otani properly paid, underpaid, or overpaid? Uh, I think it'd be – I don't know, right? The, we really don't know at this point. It is – he is paid enough that – I could not confidently say he was underpaid, right? If he had gotten $400 million over 10 years, I'd say he's probably underpaid because we know he's worth, we strongly believe he's worth more than that to his team in off-the-field revenue. The, the merchandising at the stadium, the corporate signage and sponsorships with companies in Japan and associated advertising, not to mention the TV ratings bump and the attendance bump, even just before he takes one step on the field and makes his team you know, four to 10 wins better, depending on how much he's able to pitch. So mm -hmm. there's a level where I would have said, yeah, he's underpaid. I don't know at 700 million. My guess is he's probably fairly paid. He might be a little bit underpaid relative to what his team is making. And we don't know how much of the money is actually deferred, but I, I do think it's interesting that a player like him, a real unicorn who's so hard to value, got a number whether you're talking about the AAV or the total value of the contract, that's just, it's so far beyond anything we've seen before. I think everybody who saw it had to stop and say, whoa, this is, 
typical methods of analysis do not work on this one. No. Oh, no. And that was my main thing. I don't care how much he was making. You're right. For me, it was about the gap between what he made versus the contracts of Mike Trout and of Aaron Mm -hmm. Judge. If people go to The Athletic, they will find a piece by my guest, Keith Law, discussing all things Otani. And uh, you you talked a little bit about the Blue Jays and about Blue Jay fans maybe shouldn't be as depressed. So, Keith, this is something that you are re- always good at. Give us a fully emotional reasoning why these frowns should be turned upside down. Well, I mean, I can't cure you, right? It would have been much better to get Otani than to not get Otani. Yes. That but is true. That is I good will, analysis, if, yes. <laughs> if you're a Blue Jays fan, you should take some small solace in the fact that your ownership was one of the only ones that was in this bidding at all. Every team in baseball should have made some kind of offer. I don't care how small – well, it can maybe not be A's because they're, they're just a whole separate disaster. But yes. you know, the Guardians, yes, I know they're in a tiny market, but you know what? If they get Shohei Otani, they immediately sell out their whole season. They suddenly are filling their stadium with corporate spawn, corporate signage uh, for Japanese companies. They, they'll make their money back. And he'll probably say no. And he'll probably go to a larger market anyway. But there was no reason for the vast majority of teams to just sit this one out. And I do give Blue Jays ownership credit for at least being in. And I also said give the front office credit. The the thing this team probably needs the most right now is a boost to its offense, particularly because they're losing Matt Chapman, who was an above-average offensive player for them last year. He had a really nice, what I assume, last year in Toronto. And the offense needs a boost, and Otani is far and away the best player to address that in free agency this year. If you look at the rest of the free agent class, it's, it's not very good for position players. And it might be the situation where they – they may have said, we're going to go after Otani. If we don't get him, we're not doing a position player free agent, not this winter. And that's, I'd be fine with that because I don't know if there's another one who's even close to a good fit for them. They might have to go to the trade market. But, hey, at least they identified the, the need. It's too easy to say they identified the right guy. You don't have to be that smart to realize showing Otani makes your team better. But in the Blue Jays' case, he really was kind of a perfect fit for them. And the fact that ownership was in, the front office was in, that, you know what, that, that's good. That's a good process, and it's a good indicator that they're at least thinking the right way and maybe going to make better moves going forward. The problem is, and you sort of address it there, is now that you've got to move on, uh, that this is not a good year for free agents at the position. Uh, Cody, I think Cody Bellinger is a fine plan B. I was looking at one list ranking all the top free agents, and after Bellinger, mm-hmm. it was three former Blue Jays, Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, and Kevin Kiermeyer. That's what we're dealing with with the free agency this year, and I, I think fans are, are going to be disappointed because the year ended so poorly. Matt Chapman was great in April, but you know his second half was not that great. Like mm-hmm. This is a team that went meekly into the good night offensively, and there doesn't seem to be any answers out there beyond internal development. Yeah, that, that is a problem. Um, in their system is, the farm system is weaker because of trades and promotions and some guys who kind of plateaued or, or just not developed as expected. Uh, you know, so far I think the 2022 draft class doesn't look great. I'm not writing it off, but those guys certainly haven't boosted their value in the 18, 16 months since that draft took place. So I don't know that they're in great position 
to make a big trade, it may have to be a trade where they're going and taking on salary rather than giving up prospects for major league talent. Because I think that if they are targeting someone who's, and I, I don't know offhand who even that, that might be, that trade market really is not, my understanding is has not developed much at all. But if they were to try to go trade for a significant, you know, say a guy who's a free agent the year or so, they're going to get outbid on the prospect side. The one thing they can really bring to the table now is they can take on money. They made that clear with Otani. Seems like they're willing to take on some money and they could potentially do that or do what Atlanta did. Getting Jared Kalanick wouldn't really help the Blue Jays anyway, but they got him by taking on two bad contracts, which they have ended up flipping both of them to shave some of the cost. Like, I could see the Blue Jays making moves like that. Nothing's going to be as exciting as landing Otani. And by the way, I'm not sure Cody Bollinger is a great fit for them anyway. I think there are other teams that should I said the Giants. They should be very interested in Cody Bellinger. I don't know that he really addresses what the Blue Jays need. And that's even before we consider the risk of, hey, Bellinger was kind of not very good until he went to the Cubs and changed his swing. And now we've basically got one year of data saying he's this new type of player. And that, to me, just automatically entails more risk. Last question for you. Um, I, I think part of the reason is just Jays fans are desperate for any new bat mm. just to help out. Yeah, you know. But uh, sure. but you're right. There is certain. There's definitely a lot of downsides to uh, to Cody Bellinger. How much better does Juan Soto make the New York Yankees? I, that's a pretty big upgrade, right? That's three or four wins, I think, right away, and they're going to pay for it. I mean, they they didn't give up a ton. they gave up quantity. I don't think they have quality. They didn't give up any of their top five prospects. Michael King's pretty good, and he's going to help the Padres. And so does Soto make the Yankees four wins better from offense, but take one or two back from losing King, and now they have to go do something on the pitching side? It's an interesting deal because they got I – mean, Soto might be the best player to be traded this winter. It'd be hard to top that. But it costs them a bit in short-term talent that I think it just – it makes the Yankees – better it does not elevate them this isn't like the Dodgers getting Otani where it's oh my god this team might be six wins better right out of the shoot and also they have all this other revenue coming in I think the Soto deal is is more nuanced than that I liked it for the Yankees but if I'm a Blue Jays fan I'm not looking at that and saying oh god now I'm terrified of the Yankees I'm still way more terrified of the Orioles and Rays yeah (laughs) and by the way though (laughs) that's the problem for Blue Jay fans we're now terrified of the Rays we're terrified of Baltimore but the Yankees just got Juan Soto you know what Keith (laughs) you didn't you didn't turn our frowns upside down you gave great information but the 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 frown is still firmly established here in Toronto my powers are limited I apologize (laughs) hey always appreciate Keith thanks so much for taking time to join the show today my pleasure that is Keith Law. Make sure to check him out at The Athletic. Always does a great job. And also just breaking down prospects and, and, and uh, just a unique voice when it comes to covering baseball and doesn't cover private planes.